hey, you're listening to Chew on That, and here's what we're chewing on today. And so in the scriptures, we don't speed through or skim over just because some of them are short. We slow down and we soak in the significance of the words in these postcards from heaven, these single chapter books that can be read in literally no time, over breakfast or on your break at work or school. So I wanna do that today for just a few minutes. I wanna share a message that we're calling Jude, a postcard for survival. Hey, hi, welcome to Chew On That. My name is Scott Eastman. I'm the downtown pastor for Life Church in Green Bay. And you're joining us for a podcast where we dig deeper into the most recent sermon from the current sermon series happening at Life Church. And that happens to be, as you heard, uh, on the book of Jude from the Postcards from Heaven series. It's Pastor Sean bringing the teaching today. Joining me today is my very good friend, Megan Malik. Say hi, Megan. Hello. Hey, so glad that you're here today. Thank you. I'm You've excited never been to be on the here. Show. Nope. In fact, I haven't even been on a podcast. Ever so, in no, your whole life? Nope, not once. You're such a media chick. It feels oh, like yeah. it'll be something know, you would do all right? the time. I should just practice more often. Yeah, this my is gosh. Fun. <laughs> all right. Hey, uh, maybe a lot of people may not know you, like we all know you here and stuff. So maybe just tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, for sure. So I came on at Life Church um, about a year ago, probably a year and a half, maybe two years ago, who knows. Um, but I do marketing and publishing. So I help out um, when it comes to like social media, stuff like that. And um, actually the last eight weeks I've been off because I just had a baby. So Road. Yeah. Roads. Z. Roads. <laughs> roads. Roads. Yeah. Sure, what I did here is I looked right at this thing and this oh, yeah, is called road. road. Yeah, there you and go. And so I was caught up in my yeah. head. Anyway, so roads. So he yes. he's just eight weeks old? Yes, just eight weeks old, but he's still, you know, growing as fast as ever. So it seems, That's awesome. I know. It's been a really crazy last eight weeks, but it, very, very good and very blessed. At what point do you stop referring to how old he is in weeks to how old he is in months? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm starting to lose yeah. track of the weeks. Yeah. yeah. So soon. Yeah. <laughs> Because I wonder how many weeks old I am. Yeah, I feel like I don't, be a lot of weeks. That's too many maths. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so and then so you're married. Uh, yes, your I husband's am married. Kyle. Kyle. Yep. Yep. Kyle. Yep. yep. He works at home right now. He's been at home um, for about a year and a half, and so he gets to watch baby while I come here. Oh, that's but awesome. Yeah. But that's yeah, awesome. you know, we've been keeping busy. We're like landscaping like crazy. I think our neighbors think we've probably lost our minds because we put <laughs> we put our grass in ourselves. We built a brand new house, and so we were putting in all of our grass. We're out there every day with like wow. a rake. And now we're putting in all the trees and stuff like that. And I think they think, why don't you guys just hire somebody? Yeah. But like, you know, I like to yeah. put a pair of gloves on and like get That's it done myself. Awesome. So yeah. Hey, are you from the area originally? <laughs> yes, I am. I'm from Green Bay. I was um, actually born in Oregon. So I can't say born and raised here, but m mostly raised here. Gotcha. Um, and I was homeschooled all the way through high school. Wow. And then for college, I went to St. Norbert and uh, majored in English. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. I went to St. Norbert too. Oh, really? Go Green Knights. Okay. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Except I'm like one class short of my degree. And oh. that was like 30 years ago now. Really? And so I'm like- Can't they just- I know, you think- Honorary- Yeah, yeah. Gay. I mean, come on. Don't you see- Yeah. Put together a syllabus of like your life and then right. present that as like a course. Right. And say, I passed. Yes. <laughs> like with fine colors. Yes, I think so. That's so fantastic. Hey, tell me, were you always a Jesus person? I guess like when you say you're homeschooled, we naturally think, oh, you must be super yeah. hyper-Christian. Right. I was raised non-denominational, and so I feel like having a relationship with God has always been part of my life. I mm. remember being um, really young and just wanting to like seek God and asking God to open the eyes of my heart because that was a song that like yep. we would sing when we were kids. And so I've always felt like I wanted this connection um, with God. And then when I got to college, I kind of felt like he wasn't 
there in mm. my life. Yep. And it took me a while to realize that I just wasn't there yeah. seeking yep. God. And so finally, kind of when I came out of that, I realized um, he had been calling me the whole time, like just calling and calling and calling me. And so finally, when I stopped and listened, um, that's when my relationship with him really grew. That's so, cool. Yeah. So you had your phone on silent. Yes, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. That's awesome. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm super glad that you're here. I'm glad that people get to hear your voice because you're super smart. And so Thanks. we're gonna um we're gonna listen to the first soundbite and then we're gonna uh and then we're gonna talk about that. But Jude, he, he says, no, that that's not true. We base our faith and ultimately our lives upon what's called a closed canon of scripture. That's the Bible. That means that the body of truth concerning God, sin, man, Christ, and eternal things has been completed and been delivered as a package. And it's it's closed, y'all. It, it's what the Greeks call hopox delivered. It, it means once and for all delivered. In other words, it's a non-negotiable body of information. So he jumps right into a super hyper <laughs> yeah. theological you know, conversation. We've arrived. <laughs> yes. It was funny because when uh, when we scheduled you for this uh, episode of the podcast, we're like, oh, it's right after Mother's Day. And so we'll just have her talk about what it's like to be a mom. And it's like our first Mother's Day as a mom and everything. Here we are, like closed that. cannon. Yeah. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with moms <laughs> no. at all. So that's super funny. That's okay. But it, it's, um, it's important though, like this goes into, for me anyway, like how we understand our church history mm-hmm. and how we understand our faith history. Because sometimes we just take that all for granted. And uh, especially at a church like ours, like a non-denominational church, like it's, you don't, like, I mean, there's, it doesn't feel historic. Like we're meeting in an old sportsman's warehouse. Yep. You know what I mean? And yep. it's, there's nothing, there's no... Stained glass windows right. or, yep. No. Yep, there's no mm-hmm. longevity that you feel here. Right. And like, but that's not, those were just uh, accoutrements of our faith, stained glass windows and old relics and, you know, red candles. Like they're just, you know, they're accessories. Those aren't the history. And so when I think about this idea of canon, I think about, you know, like how it's a closed book. Um, this says so much to me about my faith, like because some people will like, oh, but aren't there other books in the Bible that people just decided they didn't like or didn't agree with their political persuasion, so they just left them out? It's, it, it doesn't look like that at all. Mm-mm. You know, that the book has been the book for the longest time. Yep. You know, like first century, this was the book. Everyone understood that this was the book. And just because they found stuff later doesn't mean that it should be included in the book because this is the book. And it's also because I feel this is important because our faith is the same way. There's like a, there's a canon to our faith. I can't add stuff to this. Right. And the second that I add stuff, I'm now I'm I like I run into problems. Yep. And so at least when I think about it, I think about like the extra stuff that we do that we're like, oh, we should add this because this would mean so much if we just did this. And that's fine to add stuff. It's fine to add pageants and, you know, rituals and sacraments. And I mean, that's fine to do that. But that doesn't, it doesn't make, it doesn't make or break our faith. Yep. Absolutely. You know, and I think it's funny you were saying, well, well, this doesn't have anything to do with mothers, but this reminds me of um, a book I just read on parenting and, um, they talk about how it's uh, a woman who went to live in France and realized like what the French are doing different with their mm, kids yeah. versus what we're doing in America. And they provide a um, what they call a framework, a cadre of um, 
like boundaries for their children and they understand that like we need those boundaries. And so if we say that, you know, oh, well, the book, it could be added to or maybe this or maybe that, there's no framework. There's no um, cadre for us to like feel contained and within. Um, so in that way, you don't have like the structure that you need to like grow yeah. within that framework. Because yeah. where do you know like what to question or um, where to push if there is no boundary. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really important for yeah, us. Yeah, for sure. If we if we try to blur the boundary to, to make it easier to digest or easier to accept or easier to sell to somebody, yep. you know, if we start blurring that, you know, like I, I imagine it being like a chalk line, like a artist's chalk line, and then you can kind of like just rub that yeah, out. Rub and, it out. You know what I mean? It yep. kind of just comes this like blurry kind of yeah. sense of a boundary. Right. Well, you're right. That's a problem because if there's no, there's got to be a hard line. Yeah. You don't have to be a hard line. Yeah. But your cadre. Yes. Yeah. C-A-D-R-E. I think you said that better than me. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know? I could be totally butchering it. <laughs> and I studied abroad in France. Oh, that's super <laughs> yeah, funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that, I mean, that, I mean, there's got to be a limit. There's got to yeah. be a place that yeah. we, you know, that I, you don't have to be in there, but I, because this is what I believe, I'm inside these walls. Yes, yes. Walls, inside these boundaries. Exactly. So, like, I'm not telling you that you're wrong for not being inside these boundaries, but because of how I understand my truth, yep. which is, in fact, the truth. Yes. <laughs> you know, then I've these, these boundaries right. apply to me. As for me and my house. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's totally it. Yeah. And so, um, and I feel like that's the same way when, it, you know, like I said, when it comes to the canon of our faith, like, I want to, like, invite or welcome Everybody, and that's definitely true. Everyone's welcome at this church. Everyone's welcome at the yep. church downtown. Everyone, I mean, for sure. Yep. Right? Like, no one's no one's better than anybody else because they sin differently or of they— Of course. You know, but in the end, as you get closer and closer to the truth, you know, then there's you know, there's some hard lines that have to— Yep. —that have to be taken. Otherwise, like, God isn't a just God. Right. He's not a holy God if— I just took a big drink of Diet Coke and now I can't stop the okay. Yeah. Anyway, but they're like, he, in order for their, here's the thing. Like, and there's got to be judgment. There has to be uh, justice. Because, like, even though you might feel like your things, aren't that bad and they should be acceptable. I mean, that's cool. I totally get that. But then at what line, like when do you stop naming it by weeks and start naming it by months and start naming it by years? Yeah. So like the same thing is true of how we disappoint God or how we fall short of God that if we like, okay, well, I feel like my, you know, whatever you want to pick, you know, I, I blow my paycheck on the casino or whatever, whatever your thing is. I don't know yeah. what your thing is, but like, not, I don't mean your thing. I don't I, think no, you have, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, but like, but then, like, when does that? When do those weeks become months? Like, is it like when you punch someone in the face? Like, oh, that, well, that's too far. Right. Like, you can't start punching people in the face. You can do these other things, but you can't. Well, now, now we're starting to like now that you, in fact, have a hard line. Yeah. Anyway, there's got to be. There's got to be. In the end, there's got to be right or wrong. Mm. And. That's so true. We have to lean on God's justice. I think that's where it gets a little bit complicated right now in our culture. Everyone's trying to write their own book. Yeah. You know what? And literally, yeah. everyone's trying to write their own book. And um, I just saw it the other day, someone on Instagram, I'm like, at what point do we stop listening to all the new things that you have to say and we just start going back to what we know that we need to follow? And um, 
back to that closed book yeah. because sometimes I think people are always searching and trying to add on and add on and add on. And it's like, we got, we got to stop adding on. Yeah. <laughs> it's here and it's yeah. done. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Cause that's the very definition of Canon, right? Like yeah. that's like, that's, that's it. So in Jude's day, these people had slithered in or crept in unnoticed and brought a message of immorality, which in that day was called antinomianism. And that literally means against law. And they promoted this lawless lifestyle. I mean, come on, y'all. Don't you see how this has slithered in today? How the spirit of lawlessness is creeping into our culture right now? Like these people taught that there's no such thing as moral law. Hello, my body is my body or love is love. These were insidious teachers who, who changed the message of morality. They denied the deity of Jesus saying he was just one of many great teachers. And, and guys, they didn't carry big signs that said they were heretics or that they were false teachers. On the contrary, they came with a message of great appeal and inclusion. They always do. You'll hardly ever meet an offensive false teacher. Mm. So good. Yeah, really, truly. You know, and it it's hard because like I, I could name five people right now in Christian culture that many people will regard in this way as people that uh, whose ideas are being allowed to slither in. And it, it's hard for me because I'm I'm like a super I'm kind of a hippie Jesus guy. Like I'm like if anyone's gonna fall on the side of like, I don't know about love is love, but love everyone gets it. Everyone yeah. should get it. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, but like so it's hard for me to accept some of these names. You know, people are like and mm -hmm. I because I feel like for the longest time the church has excluded people or or yeah. or kicked people out for not good reasons because they were women or because they were black or because they were whatever. You know what I mean? Like the church has this long history of not getting it right. So you're like, what if you don't have it right this time? Right. You know what I mean? But again, yeah. you know, we got to stop adding on to stuff and like, like reinterpreting the original thing and saying, what if it meant this? And that question alone reminds me of the greatest slitherer, right? In Satan where he said, did God really say? Did God really say? You know? And so I feel like Sean just continues on in that thing that we talked about how like in, you know, chalk art or in something where you just kind of, if you just rub it enough, yeah. it, those two colors become one color. Right. And then you don't even see the difference. You don't see the line of delineation. Mm -hmm. And there's a line of delineation. Absolutely. You know, like I, I think about, um, I'm almost reticent to say words, right? So, but there's this lady named Jen Hatmaker and she used to be like this, uh, she used to be, she's a, a really like a best-selling author and she's like this great social media person and, you know, positivity and you can do it, girl, and blah, blah, blah. All those things that, you know, I mean. And Sounds really good. It does. Yeah. And you can do it, girl. Like, yeah. you can totally of course, do it. Of course. You know? But, like, I don't know. Like, but she includes all this other stuff because she wants to blur that line. She wants to get rid of the line of delineation so that right. no one is excluded. Right. Because, you know what? That line is inconvenient. It doesn't always work out. It doesn't always yeah. feel good good. And I think um, that's led to everybody being like, well, you know what? That's not really truth for me. You know what my truth is? I'm going to, I'm going to speak my, my yeah, truth. Yeah. And so there are so many teachers out there still, there were, and there are still, and um, I just feel like they become more and more and more in your face. You know, I really like Instagram. I view this 
the app since it came out and yeah. when I was in college. And it's just incredible to me to see how it's changed. It went from like people sharing really, really bad pictures of like their food yes. to um, just this unbelievable platform with so many, like, I can't call them new ideas, but like they just put new spins on it every yeah. day. You know yeah. what I mean? Where yeah. like, it sounds good. Like that sounds really good. I yes. like what you're saying. I like how you're positive and like you're making people feel important and special, but like, man, you've lost the line yeah. there somewhere. Yeah. yeah. And, and people will say, well, you know, Jesus hung out all the time with the prostitutes and the drunks and the thieves and totally true. Not, yeah. not untrue. Right. Like that's absolutely true. And we should be doing the same thing. I yep. should be, it doesn't do me any good to hang out with a bunch of other Christian country club people, right? Right, and just be all Christiany together. Like right. that's not what I'm called to do. I'm called to be out there among yes. the drunks and the prostitutes yep. and the, you know what I mean. But that it doesn't. While I am with them and welcome them, right? Like I and I, I befriend them and I love them and I'll do anything for them. Of course, I would do anything for them. Yeah. But I like to say the second though that they that they want to know what my life is like in Christ. Mm. Well, yeah, I got to tell you about these, you know, boundaries. This, right. you know what I mean? Like I got to tell you about this. You can't this. bend the rules of salvation. Right, right. No matter how much I want to. Like I want everyone to be included. I love everybody. I yeah. literally love everybody. Yes, you and do. So, and so like I just feel like I want everyone to come along. And so that makes my job harder now. It'd be easier if I could just rub out the line, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, hey, see how you can just kind of leak in? Right. <laughs> because it's like, ah, do we really know this? Yeah. You know what I mean? And so like it's hard for us. It's hard for us to like, it's when I was uh, younger, um, before I went to college, I tried my hand at sales. And so my dad, my whole life worked for Prudential Insurance. And then my brother went to work for Prudential Insurance. And so it only made sense that I would try to go to Prudential of Insurance. Course. And so the ability to talk doesn't necessarily equate to the ability to sell. And the difference is, is that in selling at some point, you got to close it. Like you got to close it. Mm. You got to make a compelling argument. You got to be insistent. You got to be a little bit hard. You know what I mean? I just don't have any of that. Mm. I don't have any of that. So when I think about selling my faith, it's much easier for me just to like lead with love and hope that they catch it. Yep. You know what I mean? Right. But if I really cared about someone, I wouldn't just wait for them to catch it. I'd be like, hey, seriously though, I like I love you so, so much. Yeah. Like you're so important to me that I have to tell you that that the truth, I, you're going to say that it's my truth, but I'm telling you it's the truth says that you have to turn away from this way of doing things. Mm. Like you can't, you know, and I'm sore. I hate that I have to tell you that. Right. I'm going to still love you whether you decide to or not. Right. You know, but I just know that God's got so much more for your life that you're not even getting to see. Exactly. You know, and so like it would be wrong of me. It'd be, it's more wrong of me to let you not do it than it would be for me to confront you about it. Exactly. And God is so good. I mean, I feel like we have um, a lot of those same experience. Maybe we went through similar stuff or, um, you know what I mean? We were like around it so we can we can still lead by example. Like I was there, like, man, I was right where you are yeah. and um, look where I am now. And like, I found such a deeper sense of purpose and meaning and in, in life, literally just life. And um, I think what's interesting is Jude still says that like, that is our nature. Our, our flesh nature thinks it has its, its own instinct. You know what I mean? And that instinct is not of God. And so I think that's really interesting how, um, you know, it's not out of the blue that like we have to contend with um, 
this type of stuff and like these arguments. Um, naturally, like we are scoffers. That's what he says. Like we will scoff the word of God and be like, really? Yeah. Like really, is that really what we have to do? That's crazy. Um, and so that's our nature. But we have to like overcome that if we want to be like Jesus because Jesus came here and just totally obliterated that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Absolutely he did. Yeah. You know, and so I did, yeah. I just feel like we're, um, we're called to do it. Mm. Like he gave us instructions. He gave us instructions to love God with everything we have, which is what leads us to be obedient. We need to love others as we love ourselves, even the ones we don't like, which uh, causes us to be an example of his love. And then he calls us to go into the nations and make disciples. And unless I'm doing all three, I don't think I'm fulfilling the law because I feel like that's what he said the law was. Yeah. That if you do these three things, you're doing it all. Yep. And so... That includes, you know, sharing the absolute truth, you know, and I, you can do that out of love. You don't have because I feel like that's the thing. Maybe, maybe church has, has had this reputation of, you, you had talked about how, you know, you could say to someone like, this is where I was at. I was right. at where you were at. Yeah. And this was the way I found out. Yeah. That's different than saying you're a filthy sinner and you're going to go to hell unless you repent from that filthy sin. Right. Like, but that's a totally different right. approach. Yeah. No. You know? That's so, so, yeah. People aren't going to resonate with mm -hmm. like, you're a filthy sinner. You're going to go to hell no. and burn. And God, God never sounds like that. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Never, ever. When I, you're in your deepest part of your sin and you're sitting there with dirty hands, God does not sound like that. Yeah. Um, God to me has always, uh, you're always kind of just checked. And he's always like, Girlfriend, I'm I, like, come on. Yeah. You know, I'm here for you. I want to help you. I want you to be better than, yes. um, you know, he's not ever trying to make you feel like a complete failure. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. yeah. One of my, I typically don't like like cheesy Christian artwork. Like I just did. In fact, I've got a wall in my office of like the cheesiest Christian stuff because it's like, you know, like. The kind ironic. that's like faith, family, love, <laughs> yeah, like that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> But I have this one poster that I love, and it's this, uh, it's like this uh, drawing, you know, kind of painting kind of thing of like from under the surface of the water, looking up, it, and then like Jesus is standing there with his hand in the water. Cool. So Jesus is kind of like all like, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, blurry because of the water, yes. but his hand is clear, you know, like he's reaching down for Peter, you know, helping him. You yep. know what I mean? I feel like that's Jesus every time I'm in a crappy place. Totally. You know, he's not like with his hands on his hips, standing right. on the water with a scowl on exactly. his face. Exactly. You know, he's got his hand out. And he's trying to help me back yeah. up. You know, and I feel like that's the Jesus I know. And that's, sure. not, that's definitely not the Jesus that the church has been preaching for a long time. Right. For a long time. Yep. Guys, you need to be careful what you connect yourself to. The Bible tells us not to be unequally yoked. And what that meant was don't connect two oxen that aren't of an equal size to your plow. Because if you do that, you'll never be able to plow straight. If you'll do that, it'll take you off course. I kind of feel like this goes back to the thing that we just talked about, about Jesus and the prostitutes and the drunks and the thieves. Mm. That like Jesus hung with those people and showed those people love and and served those people so that they understood that he was coming from a humble place. That he was coming from a loving place. That he was coming not from a place of condemnation, but from a place of support, from a place of reaching his hand into the water and pulling you back up. Yep. So that's one thing. It's a completely other thing 
when you add someone into your life, so whether that's your closest group of friends, whether that's a spouse, whether that's, you know, whatever, someone that you're going to follow or be a disciple of, mm -hmm. those are the things that need to be equally yoked because yeah. that's when you get into trouble. That's when you'll plow in circles Yeah, is if you're unequally yoked in those sorts of situations. Totally. And oftentimes, I, like, I feel like one of the first things that people have to do once they encounter Christ and like start looking for change in their life is they have to change who they're yoked to. You know, because we're yoked to people that like got us here. You yeah. know what I mean? And not that they're not not that they're bad people, right? Right? But they're, you know, they're not equally yoked anymore. Like you can't make a decision for faith and then figure you can just still hang out with the same people because, I mean, unless you feel like you're going to change them all to like, right. you know, to see things your way or to encounter Jesus like you did, you're just going to get pulled right back. Yeah. You know. And again, it's not saying that you're having like crazy orgies and like you're all like on meth or something. Like it's just, you know, that way of life. There's a way of life that you have before you know Jesus and there's a way of life that you strive for in Jesus. And neither one is like, it's not like, I don't know. There's peace and hope and love and a life in Jesus. And if you spend too much time away from him, you'll see that the life can be not one of hope, but one of like worry or despair and not one of peace, but one of chaos and want and pain, you know, like that's just, you know, and it's not to say that Christians don't have pain or don't, you know, have bad days, but in the end they have hope and you need to surround yourself with other oxen, yeah, you know, that have hope right. or that know that hope. No? Exactly. And I love that because Jesus said, my yoke is light. And yeah. like the yoke of this world is so heavy. True. And when you're fight, if you're connected to somebody who is not equal, man, that's a struggle. Like yeah. you're constantly struggling and trying to correct and pull and, and you're struggling. And I feel like, don't we see that right now in Hollywood or wherever, like high profile people where like you can't, you can't say the right thing anymore. Yeah. Everything that you say gets twisted on yep. you. There's an impossible like moral code that the yeah. world has created. And like, that's so heavy. Yeah. It's so hard. Like I sympathize with people who um, are in like a spotlight position because you have to be so careful yeah. right now. Yep. Um, and that is so hard. That's so heavy. Yeah. And like, God's like, come on, like, just take that off and like put on my yoke. Cause yes. I'm telling you what, it's light. Yeah. <laughs> and it, like yeah. it feels so good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. There's liberty in that. Yeah. People will look at that yoke and say, that's a, that's a yoke of rules and regulations and things I'm not allowed to do. And like, I could see where that would look like that from the outside. But once you've got it on, you're like, oh my gosh, yeah. because I really feel like that life when people look at the life of a Christian, when they look at Jesus people, they'll look at him and say, I couldn't imagine living my life with so many restrictions. Mm. Like I love just being able to do whatever I want to do, right? Okay, that's fair. But where's that getting you? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like what hope do you have? What love do you have? What peace right. do you have? What satisfaction do you have? What joy do you have? Yeah. If you don't have that, then really it's, you know, that this, this non-restrictions thing is probably the biggest restrictor right. you've got. I bet you feel like you're going in circles. Yeah, right. Do you, like, do you have that somewhere in your life where you feel like, I just can't, I can't bust through. Like, I buy yeah. all the stuff, but I still feel empty. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I have the $500 shoes, and like, it's just not doing Wait, it. do you have $500 no, shoes? No, I don't. Okay. I'm, you know, yeah. saying. There's people right. who have $500 But you're so shoes. fashionable, and yeah, sure. I thought maybe you might have $500 <laughs> shoes. <laughs> I could think about it. <laughs> I can't imagine spending that much on shoes, yeah, but man, there is, there's this pair of shoes and um, I don't know, maybe, Hey, maybe somebody's going to be convicted by this, but they like, <laughs> they look dirty and they're $500 pair of shoes. And wow. like, I just think like, why would you want to buy that? It's like a designer 
yeah. your shoes. Like, where is that getting you? Yeah. You know, like when you have that stuff, do you feel like, okay, well, <laughs> I made it. I have this dirty pair of yeah. designer shoes. Yeah. Now everything's going to be perfect. Right. I'm going to be happy from this moment on. Oh, well, it turns gonna, out you're happy yeah. for that moment for the next hour. Yep. And exactly. Then, you know, and you're back in a circle. Then Facebook shows you another ad for an yeah. even dirtier pair of shoes. And they're $600. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so like, I just feel like, it turns out that the, the restrictions that people see in Jesus's yoke, that's not it at all. That in fact, the restrictions are the same kind of boundaries that we're talking about. They're like, oh, yeah. if I just live my life in this, yeah, it turns out that I that the things I was chasing that I feel like I needed, I didn't need them at all. That in fact, they were just, again, pulling me in circles. Yep. You know, and like, I love the illustration you got that when you're yoked with someone that's not going in the same direction. And you're like, you're working twice as hard. Like you yeah. got to pull your weight and their weight. Right. It, it, maybe even more because you got to drag them into the right. Right. You're trying to stay on course. Right. You know, you're not trying to just get pulled off. Right. Like you're still trying to go straight. Right. And they're resistant and they're pushing their yes. way. And you're like, you know, it's so all that stuff, all this unweekly yoked thing, yeah. it's legit. Yeah. You know? And so you've got to surround yourself with people that, that are chasing the same things you're chasing because otherwise you're just going to, you're just going to go so in circles. Good. And while we're at it, can I just say that contrary to what you may have been taught, Christianity isn't inclusive. It's exclusive. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And in a culture of free speech and spiritual enlightenment, that's offensive. So we have to. We have to contend earnestly for our faith. We have to be willing to go through some pain. We have to be willing to endure some agony to secure it, both for ourselves and for the people we love, because wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few will find it. Yeah, I thought about this uh, yesterday when I was listening to him. Uh, uh, teach live and appear. And you know that, I hope this is theologically sound. So wide and broad is the path that leads to destruction. Narrow is the gate that leads to salvation. But I don't think that like, when you make a decision to live for Jesus, when you make a decision to live a life of faith, when you encounter Christ, like, it's not like, I don't think you hop off the wide and and broad path onto the balance beam, mm. you know, that leads to salvation. I mean, like, you're on it, yeah. right? But it's, like, it's a, for me anyway, Yeah. it was a narrowing. Mm. <laughs> it wasn't a narrow path. It was a narrowing path. Right. And so it, you know. You cannot... It can't I, I, all happen at once. Right, that's it. Yeah. yeah like I, it's like you don't go from like the starting line to square 10. For sure. You know, Absolutely there's square not. one and two and three. Yeah. And in square four, you might hit one where you have to like go back three spaces. Right. And then do two, three, and four that's again. That's why we call it a Jesus journey, which right. sounds so, it sounds a little churchy, right? Yeah. But like, yep. that's really what it is. You're yeah. growing. And thank you, God, that like you didn't put us on this earth and expect us to be completely perfect and yeah. like have it all figured out and suddenly be in, standing at the narrow gate because we want to get there. Yeah. Uh, that's an expectation that's too high almost. Yeah, it is. And yeah. in fact, it's 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 unreasonable yeah. and God doesn't expect it. Right. Like the, I mean, he wouldn't have needed 
in the story, in the way we understand our faith, he wouldn't have needed to sacrifice his son. Jesus wouldn't have needed to die. There hadn't been, didn't need to be a crucifix and a last supper and a tomb and everything else. There didn't need to be any of that if we were able to become perfect on our own. Yep. So whether we're talking about the priest who you had when you were a kid, whether it's your pastor right now, mm. whether it's anybody, anyone you think that is perfect, like they're not. Right. And so um, we're never going to be perfect. Yep. Like the goal of our faith isn't to be perfect. So when you decide for Jesus, you're not to say, okay, I'm going to start being perfect right now. I'm yep. going to start. Yeah. Well, guess what? You're going to get three steps and something's going to go wrong. Yep. You're going to get your hands dirty to use yeah. your thing. And so like my hands are going to be dirty when I'm high-fiving Jesus on the way into heaven. Like yeah. my hands are going to be dirty, you know? But like he died, so that was going to be okay. Yeah. And so I can't, I can't like revel in my dirt or my filth or my yuck. You know, I always have to try to be better. I always have to hate yeah. that I'm doing it. I have to recognize it. Yep. And that recognition takes time. That's part of the journey too. Like some things, you know, I was doing when I first got saved that now I look back and I'm like, oh, brother, what right. have you been doing? You right. know what I mean? Right. So, but like, I don't know, you just grow. You grow. And you like, grow. Like when you have kids and your kids are growing, but like Aunt Jenny from Dubuque hasn't seen him in three years. You're like, oh my gosh, you're so big now. And you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. They're the same size as they've always been. Exactly. Because we don't notice the growth when we're in it day to day. But we're growing in this Jesus journey. We're growing in our faith. And that's the narrowing of that path. I feel like it starts off broad, right? Mm -hmm. But it narrows, right? And we still get to this balance beam, but we're still falling off the balance beam. Right. And I mean, but that doesn't happen by accident. You do have to contend for that. You have to fight for that. And I felt like the last... Um, I, I still feel like COVID just started like two months ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't really know where the it's last been a year went. Year for you, <laughs> it's <though>. been weird. <laughs> like having a baby, it's weird. Yeah. So, but I, I've really felt like, okay, so the last year, like, God, what do I need to do? How can I still be fighting for my faith right now? Like it feels yeah. hopeless. Um, and God's kind of just been putting it on my heart. Like hold your space, hold your corner, whatever mm. corner you are in, occupy it. Yeah. And like take that up. And the more I feel like I filled my my corner like the spot that I'm in, the more I've I've grown and like can expand out of that corner. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes like total it, sense. it just gives me a place like I have like a wall behind me yep. so that I don't have to keep looking over my shoulder to see who's there. Yeah. That's like I, beautiful. I know where I am. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And it's worth it, you guys. Like this whole thing, it might sound like it's a lot of work, but it's completely worth it. Like just not having like it's not like I don't worry. Like, for an instance, like, I, I was telling someone just this week, like, I haven't thought about whether I was going to heaven or hell in, like, the longest time. Right. But I remember for much of my Christian life, like, that's all I worried about. Totally. Like, oh, my gosh, I wasn't good today. I'm straight up going to hell. Yeah. I'm going to hell. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, in the, like, and the more I've come, and that was in the broad part of my journey, right? But now that I'm narrowing that path, I'm understanding that, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be perfect. I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep trying to be perfect. But like I'm not gonna make it and and it's gonna be okay because my my salvation is assured. Yeah. You know, and so that my place in heaven is assured. So now now I'm now I'm consumed with what can I do on earth to make sure other people know that same truth. Right. What can I so other people can have the same experience in life that I'm having here? Not so that when they die when they're seventy or eighty, that they get to go to heaven, but that they can experience fulfillment and joy and hope here. What yeah. can I do with my life to make that available? Yeah. You know, and so, and I love that. That's a much better thing than just trying to chase the next thrill or the next high or the next $600, $500 pairs of shoes. You exactly. Know what I mean? yeah. Because those are, I mean, like he says in the Bible, like those things are fleeting. Those things are like, 
Yep. You know, vapor in the wind, exactly. all that stuff. Totally. But, you know, joy and hope and love, that's everlasting. Mm. You know? It's true. And I feel like just hearing God um, speak over your life, like you are mine, when he yeah. He claims you. And like knowing that feels so good. Yeah. 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 That takes, like it says, like you said, it, it gives, there's freedom in that. There's yeah. liberty in that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I dig that. Okay. That's it. You did so good. Nice. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Did you <laughs> this have fun? was fun. Yeah. This you was have a really great fun. voice for it, too. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm not saying you've got like a face for radio. I I'm was going to say a face for radio. <laughs> yeah. No, you don't have that. But like, good. No. But yeah, I loved it. Yeah, it was no, awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, listen, if you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love it if you would, um, I don't know, rate and review it if you can or subscribe to this podcast um, or maybe even share it with friends on social media. If you just know someone that, you know, has some questions about what it takes to have faith and, you know, what that includes or doesn't include, we'd love it if you shared this podcast. There's a bunch of other podcasts too in the Life Church family, including Cheery Conversations with Sonny and Sean's messages every week. Um, the whole podcast is fantastic. Um, the pastor and a rabbi walk into a bar. There's just a bunch out there. And so if you ever want to know where you can find more, you can just visit podcast.lifechurchgreenbay.com and you can find out all about them. Anyway, I think that's it, Megan. Cool. So will you come back again, maybe? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anytime. That's awesome. Loved it. All right. Once again, my name is Scott Eastman, the downtown pastor for Life Church in Green Bay. You've been joining us for the Chew on That podcast. We hope you listen again next time. And so until then, have a great day. Oh, no.